time again. It's Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. I'm the gnarly gnome, joined again by Andy Foltz. Hello. It's it's a different intro, at least. It's a different intro. I'm proud of you, gnome. <laughs> I'm very proud of you. This week, we are on location. We're live on location um, at Carrican because everything, every article that I've ever read, nobody ever mentions that this is also a brewery and um not only is there some incredible talent on the food side on the spirit side on lots of sides that we'll we'll kind of touch on in the show and then we'll dive into on the other show um there's some incredible brewing talent here too and some really fun beers and some things that the city needs to be talking about um eric welcome back it's been a while since you've been on the show um and you've you've jumped to uh, a really fun project here um when was the it was like how many years has it been like two years probably since you've been on does Um, that sound about right well yeah we we started planning this about three years ago and then sorry we started planning this about three years ago and then um you know i quit i quit my real job about a year ago (laughs) last may right and then, um, you know, we just kicked off the project. And then, Jeff, it's been even longer since you've been on the show. Yep. Um, I think we got you very briefly for, like, one episode. But mm-hmm. um, this place is absolutely massive. I didn't even realize how big it was till we were kind of walking upstairs to, uh, to set yes. up today. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the actual square footage of the building? Do you guys know off the top it's, of your head? It's about 30,000. It's <clears throat> yeah. very big. Um, like there are some places that open up and, um, especially when you're talking about somebody that has the idea to not just brew, wants to distill, wants to do all this stuff. And you look at it like, Oh, you're going to run out of space very quickly. You need to, if you want to do bourbon, if you want to do things like that, if you want to do, you know, barrel aged rum, you need space for barrels. And a lot of places don't necessarily have that and have to then figure it out. I think you guys have some space here to do that. <laughs> yeah, we actually have a, a separate pole barn as well that we can store barrels in Lord. as we grow. So, <laughs> of course, <laughs> it's it's a decent sized space. But you know, with with everything that we're doing here, we knew we had to have that space, like you said, with barrels and um, all the different products that we're making. And there are a lot of different products, and and I guess that's probably why people haven't like you know dove into the the beer as hard as i think they should have because there's a whole lot of other stuff to talk about but um, well this is the brewcast so let's do it we'll we'll do the beer we need to um talk about beer the way you should talk about beer and that's with drinking it so from the beer fridge there it is there it is Um, let's just start working through this flight and as we go we'll kind of um tell the story of what kerrigan is as we as we drink yeah um is the pills first is that what you're already drinking there andy I didn't think you were going to stop talking. I had to start drinking. Yes, it's pills. It's a very classic flavor. Uh, I, I like it, but I always like you know a good, well done pills. This one's really clean, guys. I mean, it's a very solid pilsner. Great for the weather. You know, it's mid eighties outside right now, so perfect. Great way to start. Yeah, it's a great, clean, drinkable pills. Yeah, and I noticed that's what you have too. So yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> it's a go to. Like that's often what i reach for over anything else tell me a little bit about the beer is it um i haven't gotten to drink it yet is it more czech style is it lean more towards the german style um tell definitely, me a little bit about. definitely more czech style the water profile is based out of uh, the czech republic um eric chose some hops that are make it a lot hoppier than a typical german 
but I, I think it does lean. I, I don't know. It crosses both 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 realms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got that um, that that crispness that I like. Um, I feel like there's a lot of pilsners now, and I don't know if it's more of a German thing or not. But I feel like there's a lot of them around with this 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 multi kind of grainy yeah. thing going on in the background. That it's good, but it's not what I want out of a, a pilsner. I want something like this that's real crisp and the hops still shine through. You can you can get a little bit of that that water profile that that kind of minerality I guess to it um, Ooh, or word or even lack thereof I mean the typical Czech water profile almost has no minerals in it and that's kind of I mean it's really close to RO water so it's yeah super super it. easy drinking I, I like that that clean kind of snap that it's got I, I this is great um, does this? Do they have names, or are they just the style kind of a la Mount Carmel? <laughs> they, yeah, they're pretty generic. <laughs> so it's just called pills. Yeah, it's called yeah, it's called pills. <laughs> <laughs> I think that because it wasn't necessarily a focus of ours, that we're, you know, we we wanted it to be great beer, but not outshine what you know our our base name is Carrick and Spirits, and that's the primary focus of our business, but. I mean, obviously, we know how to make beer, and right. <laughs> we're going to try and do it really well. At some point, they may have names, but not currently. Yeah. <laughs> I take it by the way you guys looked at each other and laughed. That's probably a discussion that's ongoing with things. Uh, someday, we might have to, you know. But uh, for now, since it's just in the tap room and around, you know, we kind of just want the the style to speak for itself and not really get stuck with a name or, you know, because some people might get influenced even with, with what the name is and make a decision off that where we're just kind of we've, we've talked about that extensively you know just trying to be two. like black and white mm-hmm. here's this is what it is you know I mean and now the consumer knows things like as we go down the line you'll see hazy IPA citra IPA it's like people now know the, that terminology you know mm-hmm. we, um, we've talked on the show a few times about how yeah. I want a brewery to open up and just not even tell me a style just like give me like two or three like fa- flavor profiles on a board and maybe the alcohol and then just leave it at that and you know like you know, light, crisp, snappy, and that's all I want to know when I order the beer because I don't, I don't want to be, you know, um, you know, biased when I when I grab it. But I don't think I'm ever you, gonna get that. You have had no takers on that. <laughs> nobody's nobody's taking me. No up. takers on that. Um, so you you mentioned the beer is in the tap room. Is it distributed anywhere? Kegs have they gone out at all? Or yeah, we're we're in a handful of accounts here and there, and then um, we've been approached by. A few groups about making beers for them uh, or in collaboration with them, right. I guess. Um, so, Atavla has our beer at both their Atavla locations in Taglio. Nice. Um, we're at Bub's Pizza. We're at, um, we've been at the Rosedale, I think. And mm. I mean, we, we've been at Queen a City of, Radio. Uh, Queen City Radio, nice. yeah. It's pretty, you know, when our guys, when our people go in to rep the brands, we have a large portfolio. <laughs> so, I mean, we're definitely, you know, we'll talk about the spirits more later, but, you know, we're definitely pushing spirits. And when we go in, it's hard because we have, like, the sparkling spirits, spirits, and then we get to the beer. And by the, by the time you're with the, the person at the account, they're already, like, 18, you know, products deep. So, <laughs> Well, it's also, you know, we, we hear a lot of places talking about the difficulty of, you know, the, the battle for tap handles and the way it's become. And I... I imagine that if you're coming into a place and instead of necessarily fighting to get that one tap handle, which could just as easily go to, you know, any number of places, it's probably a little easier to say, yeah, but we've, we've also got sparkling spirits. We've got 
in my opinion, the best rum in Cincinnati, and I, I don't say that lightly. Um, we, you know, we've it's it's probably a little bit easier to just say all right that's you know we, we don't need to sell you our, our our keg of beer that will then be off next month when somebody else comes in with something else so yeah and that is part of the game too is we none of these are like flagships or you know all the beer that we do rotates uh, however the pilsner has become a flagship here <laughs> but uh you know we we kind of like to change it up and it's been kind of fun to be approached like hey we want your beer like this is phenomenal why don't you sell us a keg Right. Like, All right. Sure. Well, and I like the idea of partnering up with people and doing things that are for them, something that they can kind of hang their hat on, or something that's maybe designed to go with whatever food that they have. I know that's a big focus of what you guys are doing here is the food and how things go with it and the overall flavor uh, flavor impression. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah. <laughs> Everything that you're mm-hmm. doing. Um, it's 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 a very different way of looking at things. It's a very, uh, uh, very kind of bird's eye, top down approach to what's happening here. Instead of having to kind of dig your way into it from the other side. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a lot of places <laughs> that are kind of um, battling almost to, uh, to 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 get somewhere, and you guys can kind of step back and have this big picture and. and drop things in where they fit instead of forcing them in where they might not. <laughs> but so, yeah, beer's a tough sell, you know, I mean, just even, I don't know how many breweries come on each year, and, you know, it's pretty competitive out there, and so we well, just, you know, we just like to make just good, clean, drinkable beer. Yeah, it's nice not to feel the pressure. <laughs> and good breweries, it's hard to walk in somewhere and say, oh, we're, you know, we're, we're the best brewery in town, because there's a lot of really great breweries, and so it's... It's it's you know to not have to uh, to necessarily make that one, one name jumped to my head as far as who's going to tell you that all consistently, but <laughs> just I'm going to yourself. Yeah, I'm going to pull a gnome and say <laughs> we won't go there. We love but. everybody equally on this show. <laughs> um, let's talk about Kerrigan, kind of the, uh, the the story. What it, what is what number one? What's a Kerrigan, and uh, how did this place happen? How did how did this team of people here kind of come get together? Because together? there's a lot of heavy hitters there. Yeah, so um, Kerrigan is a compound that actually binds to a dormant seed after a forest fire. The, you can find the Kerrigan in the smoke, and it basically tells a seed to grow. So this is kind of like a new growth for all of us. Um, this is a, a group of seven people that um, they were all people that I knew and kind of started pulling in. Um, Knowing, you know, Eric's talents and Mike Floria, John Pattison, um, some of the other guys that are maybe on the business or building side of, of it. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, it, it came together as the desire to do something more, do something on that next level, um, create more flavors, have more to work with, and um, also get into a new market. You know, I, <clears throat> I think that when... When we look at it as a spirits company, that's our primary focus. But it's really a flavor house, and it's all—it's all about exp- exploring and experiencing flavors come together on all realms. That would be excellent for marketing. 
flavor house. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, because, you know, you say that, and I'm like, ooh, there's going to be spices, and there's going to be this. And I mean, that, that's kind of exciting to a fat boy like me. Well, there's, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of ways that that could, you know, it could go. There's a lot of, a lot of different, a- different avenues that that could go down that, you know, yes. as, as somebody that does like to eat also, and I like to drink a little bit too. Like, it's it, just, it gets me excited about the, uh, what that means, you know, it, from from beer, I obviously love beer and, and and booze, but you know the the cider game, which mm-hmm. is still extremely lacking in not just Cincinnati, but in this area, this part of the country in general. I feel like you know there's there's so many places that it could go longer term that um, it's pretty not, fun. Not that there's not good ciders. There's just not a lot of places. There's just not a lot of okay. good. And, and, just and want to clarify. Well, and, and mm-hmm. I, I will say that I, the, my favorite ciders that I've had have not come from Cincinnati. I'll, I'll say that. You know, there's some, some, some okay ciders, but there's not great ones. There's some cool experimentation going on in the cider world and up in Michigan and all over the place, really. But, yeah, um, ciders is something that we talked about getting into, but it just hasn't happened yet or yeah. won't happen i'm not gonna say it won't happen <laughs> but it's not a not a focus as of right now well and i think that's probably the the danger with a place like this too is that it is so danger is probably not the right word but it's so widespread that it's easy to not go down an avenue because you have so many other ones that you guys already um are in very strongly you know so you know if you're that cider nerd that's you know living in the area and you're, you're desperate for cider you might have to wait a little <laughs> but we do have a pretty killer sparkling spirit that has apple cider in it but also blends with our rum and it's yeah that pretty sounds pretty good, good. Yeah, i i've only tried the uh, the key lime sparkling spirit and absolutely loved it it was one night at rosedale i think Cool. And it was hot outside, and I needed something refreshing, and nothing on tap sounded good. And then I saw that, and I'm like, you know what? That does sound good. <laughs> and it was. Um, let's let's go to the next beer here, the, yeah. uh, the pale, pale ale. ale. Tell me about this one. That's going to be more of a classic pale ale, um, kind of along the same lines as Sierra Nevada. Uh, definitely heavily cascade hopped. Um, we did do a little bit more minerally water profile. Um, oh, yeah. We used some calcium carbonate, which is, if you've had an oyster beer at all, mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of lends itself to that same type of thing. So kind of that minerality, maybe even a little Gives saltiness. A little bit of, yeah, a little bit of the mouthfeel of that yeah. oyster beer as well. Yep. Yeah, I like, I'm not the biggest uh, IPA fan, and I think it's because every time I drink an IPA, I find myself wanting something more like this. I want something that has some more body to it, I guess. Um, and I feel like it's either gone completely down the rabbit hole of way too much for me in the some of the New Englands and stuff like that, or the completely dry, lacking, um, all of that. <laughs> I think there's, yeah. there's not a lot of it in between. This is, this is awesome. This is... I think it would be really good with food. <laughs> and that's Getting what, hungry? Yeah, I keep every time I'm tasting, I'm like you know this would this would be really good with this. This would be really good with it. Like this is this is awesome. Um, I do have to tell you guys, I am not a fan of the glassware. These are really hard to drink out of. It's like drinking out of a bowl. <laughs> yeah, um, <clears throat> we wanted something that was clean and had 
clean lines to it. Uh, the pint glasses kind of stood out. Um, overall, it has a little more of a European feel. And when you look at what we're doing, just being so unique, uh, we wanted something, a glassware that would fit with that. So overall, with like cocktails and wine, uh, the beer, the beer fit in right. the pine class the right way. Maybe not the samplers, but... <laughs> well, it also, you know, because you guys do have that, that big range of things behind the bar, there's probably not a lot of ways to keep from glassware taking over the bar. That, that's exactly <laughs> it, too. We did not want to have 20 different kinds of glassware yeah. back there. So those are the, yeah, those are the, when you start a company you're working with people, like, I wanted to have crazy glassware, and, like, I got voted out. So, <laughs> you know, those are the discussions everybody has, and then but it makes sense when you have all these products and then you have this big bar behind it and then you're like, yeah, if we had all those, all that glassware, it would have been a disaster. But it's the things that, you know, from a drinker's perspective, you never, you know, you never stop and think about the, the ease of stackability behind oh, a God. bar, you know, things like that. That bar we back don't, we one don't night, think about, you like. will. <laughs> bar back one night, and you will think about stackability, and yeah, very but much so. I'll start. I'm going to try to start to get a few glassware items in for some beers. <laughs> yeah, we've we've talked about, you know, especially with some special releases here and there, we could intro some other glassware and have some fun with it. Yeah. And for the listeners, since you can't see, the flights are three seven ounce pours. So you're getting a pretty good sample size versus a lot of other places that are in the four to five ounce range. Um, yeah, it's it's a proper sized beer. You can get yeah, a good impression of what the correct. beer is, which Sometimes you can with those little tiny pours. Sometimes you absolutely cannot. Yeah, we, we've talked about that. I think the little pours, it's enough to know if you don't like it. It's not necessarily enough to know if you like it, Yep, in my opinion. but it's Beer is so strange to me in that it does, it, it changes a lot throughout mm-hmm. the, the beer itself. But even like, I don't even know that it's fair to judge a beer on one pint in one spot at one time. I think you really have to drink something several times in Probably. different places with different people in different environments to really Having get a good different foods or no food. Exactly. Yeah. It's, um, which I, I guess I shouldn't say is just with beer. It's with, with just about anything, but, um, the experience of beer becomes such a big part of what it is. That's true too. Uh, let's talk about what this place, the experience is since, uh, we said that it's definitely an industrial building. Um, it's, designed as a production facility basically it's a distillery i mean you've got the the space for the barrels we're talking about how big it is but you guys have added some touches too to kind of warm it up and make it feel a little homier um i think that was when polly campbell first wrote about i think that was her biggest gripe was that she didn't like the space <laughs> and uh i think she also really? mentioned she didn't like kids in there yeah she was well, she doesn't like fun either. Yeah, evidently. <laughs> no, no the, the first thing I noticed, I mean, the, today's the first time I've been here. And the first thing I noticed when I walked in, looked at, you've got a huge bar. And then the, the room off to the left, I'm like, that looks kind of, even though it's big, it Did looks Did you poke like your head cozy. in there at all? Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's like, there, it's kind of cozy out there. And then, of course, you see the patio when you walk in and like yeah i would like to sit out on the patio and drink but no we gotta go to the conference room <laughs> <laughs> if you if you go in that side room there too you can see the the wood-fired uh yeah. the, the the oven there and like it really does i mean it and if an oven doesn't warm you up yeah, it's, I, was gonna, wrong I was trying to you. think of a way to not make That's it too cheesy of a joke to say it really warms up the space yeah. but it does <laughs> yeah sometimes you just got to take the low-hanging fruit now <laughs> Yeah, originally, too, this was a Swallens building. 
So this was a Smallins warehouse in the Smallin, like on the Red Bank Smallins. So it's kind of transformed over the years. And then it was a sheet metal fabrication plant or place as a D and D metal. So when we took it over, you know, it was like someone's basement that they'd lived in the house for 60 years and kept everything into the basement. You know I mean? It was a disaster. You realize all of the millennial people listening to the show have no idea what Swallens is, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was a... So kids, before Amazon. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It was the Amazon before Amazon of Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, So, uh, we'll start with Eric here. Talk about kind of your, your road to get to here. Kind of how you got into... Um, brewing and even distilling. Distilling is something that I've always thought of as interesting. What what got you into that side of things? Because it's not something you can just start home brewing and, and playing with that way. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess do you want me to start from the, the yeah, beginning? Yeah, I mean, wherever, wherever you want to. <laughs> how, we much, got, we got how much time to do you? How much time do you have? <laughs> it's the internet. We have as much um, time as we want. <laughs> well, myself, just like Jeff, like we didn't go to school for brewing. Um, we went to school for different things. Uh, I'm a Cincinnati native. And I uh, went to school out and I moved out to Utah for school. And while I was in school, uh, my wife actually bought me a homebrew kit. <laughs> because you couldn't find anything good to drink any other way. Yeah, there. pretty much. <laughs> or anything to drink. Yeah, so, we, you know, and my roommate and I, um, Brendan Coyle, we started homebrewing together. And uh, it was this crazy house with, like, a couple guys living there. We built a bar. We had a homebrew kit. We had a kegerator. <laughs> I mean, it was a disaster. But it was fun. And I actually uh, got my degree in anthropology Worked in that for a little while, and you know this was back in uh, 2004, 2005, and this was when kind of craft beer was becoming a thing, uh, kind of going through a new renaissance out of the 90s, and then I uh, was really trying desperately to find a job in Salt Lake City. You know, I was even willing to make water for squatters that to make like soda. You know, I was willing to do anything, and uh, but uh, there was no jobs in Salt Lake, so we moved up to Jackson Hole. And uh, I was actually looking at jobs um, as a guide, a climbing guide at the time. And then uh, there was a job that was opened up at Grand Teton. It was a summer job, $8 an hour washing kegs. So I came home and <laughs> told my wife, I got the job. And she's like, great, how much are you making? Eight bucks an hour. <laughs> it's a summer job. I might not even make it through the summer. You know, I might get laid off. But, uh, you know, I ended up working out at Grand Teton and then just kind of moved around from there to bigger breweries, um, just kind of pursuing my, my career and you know, I had the opportunity to be the lab manager and seller manager at Uinta Brewing Company at a pretty interesting time. And then I jumped on at Oscar Blues when they were a very small brewery in Colorado doing about 5,000 barrels of beer a year. And kind of rode Oscar Blues all the way to their plant in North Carolina, hundreds of thousands of barrels later. And then, you know, being from Cincinnati, just came back home and, you know, I was working at Moreline for a bit. And, uh, you know, Jeff and I partnered up and that's how they got here. And, you know, Jeff you know, pulled me along into the distilling world. <laughs> but, uh, no, I love it. And uh, my my friend Brendan that I homebrewed with is actually a master distiller as well. So we kind of, through the years, have always kind of just been going back and forth on distilling and the craft distilling and what's going on there. So, you know, it's kind of interesting how you kind of... I mean, distilling is like the next step of brewing, you know, because we already make a beer. It, now we're going to evaporate the liquor off. So It is, but it's like it's it's also like this weird unknown frontier for a lot of people like you in theory you know how it works and yet that you can't just run around to some, I mean you, it's a little easier now where there are people doing it locally but like 
there was like it, it, in my experience there wasn't a lot of knowledge out there about it unless you you know could get that right person to talk to you <laughs> you know but yeah. like it just was there just the information wasn't out there the way that maybe it is now but um, and it, yeah and this the distilling world professionally is interesting too because if you go down to Kentucky um, or to other big distilleries uh, you know the, it's a it's a different culture than craft beer and um, mm-hmm. vice versa craft distilling people are a lot different because um, at the bigger distilleries you know they put out great products the but sometimes the the way the employees are structured and everything's a lot different um, versus uh, like craft distilling everybody wants to share their knowledge and different things so it's just uh, interesting two two worlds mm-hmm. yeah I feel like if you if you work at a at a, a craft brewery it's pretty easy to get on the brew deck and learn how to brew a little bit you know to, I guess depending on the brewery but um, whereas distilling it's it's, it's a whole oh, different hey, ball game it was always like I was a small child when I was on a brew deck it's like get down from there <laughs> yeah, well, what are you doing up there kind of in my experience too <laughs> there's yeah. like just putting grapes in why are you doing that get out of there I'm usually, um, you know, whenever I've brewed with, uh, with with Braxton down there, Andy down Alexandria, it's I'm allowed to push like one button or something, and that's the only thing I'm allowed to do, and then I can claim that I helped somehow. Uh, that's my recollection of the brew <laughs> that we were at. It was <laughs> yes, to, to push one button accurate. and take all the credit. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't recall giving you any credit. I just recall you pushing a button. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of it's just going for it, you know. Like yeah. You had a, a vision and just went for it. Did a lot of research, reading. You know, we're not afraid to ask people for help and just kind of. Yeah, I got I got the homebrew before brewing commercially. My first distillation run was on a thousand gallon pot still out here in our production facility. So and how'd that go? Uh, we didn't blow anything right. up. <laughs> From my experience as a consumer and as a drinker that came in here, everything from day one has been fantastic and i you know we always you know talk about breweries when they open up that you have to give them a little bit of growing room and you know especially on the spirit side i was i was blown away by the stuff you guys put out and i i i don't in my in my head i don't understand how how that can happen but it's uh i guess it's a good thing (laughs) i think a lot of research and then i mean from the distillation side of things there's a lot more not not necessarily forgiveness but since it's a very engineer-driven piece of of making a product, your equipment matters a lot. So designing that equipment properly allowed us to have a great product at the end. How much goes into, um, when you're talking about the final product, how much goes into that, that making the beer or whatever it is ahead of time um, versus that distilling process? How, uh, how is that importance of the two kind of weighed out? for somebody that has no idea how I mean it's hard to quantify but <clears throat> I think they say uh, your raw ingredients is 25% your fermentation is 25% and then your distillation is another 50 or if you're aging it then that right. takes over some of it so yeah it, it plays a good role and uh, it put yeah your fermentation and your raw goods because I think in the head of a lot of people who are kind of novice um, drinkers, you know, you in your experience of distilling was either, you know, those big guys that there was this whole kind of magic to the whole thing because the stuff you're tasting is the stuff that sat for a long time, or it's the, you know, 
Your uncle who moonshines. Uncle, uncle Jim Bob out in the, the woods at night making moonshine. No, no, he's got a pole barn. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, uh, it, there's no way that his ingredients and his fermentation was great. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that a lot of the moonshine you taste, they drop a lot of peaches in there or, you know, apple pie. Apple pie. You know, it's a liqueur more than a, uh, than a spirit. And if you taste the spirit by itself... There's a lot more nuance in there. I mean, especially if you pick up, say, our our apricot brandy, and you know, if you if you truly taste it, you can. It's like you're walking into an apricot orchard, and you get some of the nuttiness from the pit, as well as the apricot, you know, flesh. It, it's it's more nuanced than just dropping fruit into a, a high proof spirit. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, Jim Bob, Uncle Jim Bob. It's there's more to it. <laughs> yeah, we have several different yeast strains that we've selected for the distilling side, and they all have their different characteristics. Same with the raw materials. You know, we've we like Jeff said, we've hand selected them all. We're, you know, I guess the one thing to point out is we're a grain to glass distillery, so we don't buy any grain neutral spirits or cut anything with that. So we take you know a lot of, you know, we look at all that going into it, and um, you know, so we produce all of our own grain neutrals and everything else. So we. It's, and that's yeah. pretty different as a craft distillery. I mean, you go around the country, and a lot of a lot of craft distilleries, if they have a bourbon, good chance it came from MGP. Right. Mm-hmm. If they're making a vodka or a gin, good chance that's a grain neutral that they purchased to run through yeah. their still. There's a lot of major, you know, gin brands that if you go in there and watch what they're doing, they're they're bringing in big giant truckloads of this grain neutral spirit and then they're running it through and then flavoring it up with whatever they want to turn their gin into and that's and and not that there isn't a craft to that because there is and i don't want to take away from that but the way that the way that we were with beer we want to be that way with spirits where we're doing it from the ground up and we control the process the whole way through and i think your base spirit kind of like if you taste our vodka it has some flavor to it and that flavor also carries into the gins and that's important to us. This is probably jumping shows a little bit, but is that a fault in vodka to taste something? I've always heard that you're not supposed to taste anything, but then I think there's a new movement that maybe there should be some kind of nuance to it. If you can't taste anything, why is one bottle 10 bucks and one's 40? Exactly. If it tastes the same, what's the damn difference? (laughs) Yeah, it's technically a flaw to taste anything. I've never really kind of understood the whole vodka thing. We had a debate about that when we we did our first run was a vodka and we ran it through and it was like man this has a lot of flavor and our our vodka we actually (laughs) this has flavor we need to do it again (laughs) we we run it through twice in order to strip a little bit more out but um now that was definitely something we talked about um and to us i mean like i said earlier flavor house we wanted to actually have a little bit of flavor right see that makes sense to me it makes it makes perfect sense to me so i'm going to call them from now on carrick and flavor house (laughs) (laughs) we might have to change your name i guess and well i'm going to use the german spelling too h-a-u-s just cincinnati makes sense nice (laughs) next beer (laughs) the hazy hazy ipa take a drink um it's uh, number one before I even try it. Like it's kind of opening yourself up to a whole lot of potential criticism to use the word hazy, use the word New England, any of that, especially with how things are right now. Um, tell us what you think about it, Andy. Why I drink it? Uh, it's solid. I, I guess I'm used to 
things that are flavored hazies and coming mm-hmm. back to like an original just hazy IPA, I'm like, oh, there, it's like there's something missing because there's no dragon fruit or pomegranate or, you know, crushed up cocoa nibs or whatever the hell in there. But I'm holding it up so that the people on the radio can see <laughs> that it is indeed hazy. And so I think you nailed the style um, with the mouthfeel, with the flavor and everything like that. It's, it's, it's very mild, you know, again, an easily drinkable beer. It's not over the top as far no. as like a, you know, sometimes it's dry hopped all to hell so that it's no. super, super fruity. And um, is that kind of where it's settling out, though, the New England versus hazy IPA? Are they different styles at this point? I could not tell you that. I can tell you that when you talk about Eric and myself, we both like balanced and easy drinking. So most of the beers that you're going to find here, and I say most, are probably going to be fairly drinkable. Um, The hazy to New England side of things, neither (laughs) of us had made either of those styles before here, before that beer. So it was kind of fun to just be like, yeah, let's try it. You know, try it out and see what happens. I like it. It's kind. Of, it's got that 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 body to it that um, will stand up to some of the other things you're eating. Yeah, <laughs> keep you know, going back to that. I have to be honest. This was one of the first beers we made, so it's quite a. It's age, you know. I mean, yeah. it's five months old, and it's already. It's still throwing really? haze. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed and that. The, and yeah. the aromas there, so that's part of the water profile. You know, yeah. we kind of played with that and. Uh, you know, based the sa- that yeast is the same yeast as we use on our uh, IPAs, where you can see the IPA next to you. That's mm-hmm. interesting. It's really clear and bright, whereas this one's still throwing haze. No, I would have guessed two months or less on that. Yeah. Tasting it. How does it, and this is probably way too big of a question, but how does how, how does that haze stick around in this one, but then on the IPA not? Is it a, is the IPA filtered or... No, it's just the water profile and how yeast um, and everything else will sediment out based off that water profile. That's crazy. Yeah, we haven't we haven't filtered anything you'll drink here. That's, that's nice. I like that, and I look forward to your heavy. Yeah, <laughs> that's. Uh, I mean, it's coming up. Yeah, yeah we got yeah. a German heavy in the wheelhouse, but uh, yeah, it'll be more of a uh, like a amber amber vice. Okay. So like not like like a straw colored yeah. half, but like. You know, like a like, like a light copper. I'm down. I'm liking but, this a lot. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, and it's not ever again probably the fault of me looking at styles on a board and then not ordering something because of it. But this would mm-hmm. never be the first thing that I would order looking at this tap lineup. But um, well, the, I'm the, digging it. The first thing I'd order is the last thing on our list. I, but, <laughs> I mean, I'm like I'm kind of going through the rest of these pretty quick so i can get to it you know? like, um, yeah and that we used uh amarillo hops and mosaic the mosaic comes the through a lot more than the yeah. amarillo because normally amarillo gives me the uh soapy taste and i mm-hmm. didn't get that yeah I, th- I think that particular crop of amarillo though came through pretty fruity yeah um so it it helps enhance the mosaic qualities as well yeah mosaic's a wonderful hop and caleb if you're listening you've made a convert out of me but i used <laughs> Yeah, the guy cool. I used to work with was big on mosaic. Yeah, look, luckily I still have a lot of connections at Oscar Blues, so I was able to call my friend and ask for some overages that they had. So you know, I know nice. that we're getting some really fine selected hops, um, wow. which is a benefit. And uh, you know, Tim, who I got him from, I know he's really looking at all that. He's a kind of a hop guru now in the world, but uh, just fortunate to have some of those connections and 
It would probably be a fun place to uh, to to be into that kind of stuff because of they probably get some fun stuff now considering how big they've gotten and uh, mm-hmm. even just in that area that they're at they've probably got some great friends too and like there's you know it'd be fun. Yeah. So look and luckily since beer's not our number one focus and we're not pushing flagships we don't have to get beholden to hop contracts so we can kind of play around. Let's talk about the IPA. All right, you first. Did you, did you? You didn't try this one yet. Well, I was finishing the hazy, so hence the name Citra IPA. So we use Citra hops. <laughs> Damn, I was you couldn't not going to guess that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you can smell them. Yeah, that comes off really good. And that actually well, has a crystal rye malt um, from Simpsons malting in Scotland. Oh man, that's. That. That's fantastic. Oh, I'm gonna, not going to lie. I'm a little nervous because the last Citra IPA I had was a little much. So no, but I don't know. I don't know if it's the the rye itself or just with the rye. But at the end, like it gets that really fruity citrus thing. It's a lot better balanced. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah the rye is definitely everything, but and, the and rye is definitely like it's almost to the throat that far back on your tongue mm-hmm. when I was getting it. But there's there are very different characters to rye that you'll see in some beers. Like I, there are some beers with rye that it comes off really kind of spicy and 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 mm-hmm. rye, and then there's this other kind of side to rye that's that is sweet and almost fruity and like that that's the definitely the side of it that i get here this is this is wonderful yeah again i don't know that i would order it because i'm like i said i'm not the biggest yeah, IPA I, guy and but, i definitely wouldn't um, have given my previous experience so um not here guys not here <laughs> I, I i like this a lot though this um this is really, really well done. This would be a really good one sitting out on that patio out there in the sun. I, I think thus far, just the four that we've had, and I'm going to extrapolate with the fifth one we're going to drink, that you could bring pretty well, much anybody here. Now that you said that, the last one's going to be terrible. You know that, right? <laughs> You're going to jinx us. <laughs> nah. Uh, it, t- three is a statistically significant number. We've had four, so I'm comfortable plotting a course from there. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, but I think that what I'm tasting is you could bring pretty much any beer drinker here and they're going to find something. You could bring a person here though. That's what's fun. Well, yeah, that too. But I don't really talk to people that don't drink beer. I don't know. That's just <laughs> kind of my world. I think that <laughs> like, there are people that I talk to that don't drink beer that they just pretend that they do or they don't talk to me about it because they're afraid that I'm going to judge them because they don't drink beer. But you get them somewhere like this, you quickly see and what I'd, they really like. Yeah, I'd never considered that. I'm going to have to really go through my friends list now. <laughs> through and try to analyze, does this person really like beer or not? Where's your best beer picture? <laughs> yeah, the people that don't drink beer make me nervous. Yeah. Let, let me see your untapped profile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They would probably write that a place that had, you know, brick, uh, the big ovens in the back is cold. <laughs> yeah, and frankly, I haven't even looked at Untapped since we've been open, so I don't even know. That's wise. <laughs> what goes on out there? That's wise. Yeah, I've never really looked at reviews. I just we um, a couple times we've done a segment on the show that's mean Untapped reviews, where we make people read their worst of their Untapped reviews. I don't have any prepared for you guys to read, but um, I'm sure we have some yeah. pretty bad. There's, ones. there's always some, no matter yeah. who you are. There's you know, yep. it's people like to be uh, people like to be mean. People like to be mean when it's anonymous. Yeah. No, I, I think people like to be mean even when they're like, 
not anonymous though anymore. I think that there's like this weird thing. I mean, a lot of social media is not anonymous yet. People are just nasty. Well, I mean, it's still a, there's, there's a, a separation. separation. Yeah, like they, okay, they like to be mean when you can't punch them in the face. <laughs> I would never punch somebody in the face. I'm. Uh, yeah. What about throw a beer in their face? <laughs> I would never throw. A beer no, in why would you do that to beer, <laughs> Eric? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, if it was a bad beer and you See, gave you know, it I'm, one... I'm starting to wonder about Eric now. Yeah, Bartender, well, can I request yeah. an ice water, please? Yeah. <laughs> you know, dude, you just went... You're, we're still friends, but I've yeah. unfollowed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a beer foul. <laughs> Although I guess it depends on the beer. You could, Depending on what bar you're in, there might be some beer that you could toss in somebody's face and not feel guilty about it. And, uh, you know, to the point that you can bring everybody here, like, uh, you know, we're six months in now and we're going to continue to have fun with beer. You know, I talked about the Vice Beer. We're going to do a Galaxy IPA that's coming up. And then even on, Love like, that. a flip side, you know, we're going to start to get into some more interesting stuff. We just um, dumped our one of our first barrels, um, which was a, a Buffalo Trace barrel that was used that we aged our origin in. And we dumped We just dumped that into some bottles. And then we're gonna probably put a beer in there. Yep. So, well, I'd like to. I've, I've got some ideas. <laughs> so we haven't we haven't talked about it yeah, yet. But. So, but you know, you're gonna all of a sudden start to get Carrican barrel aged. You know, we're talking like a barrel that's been used twice with a deer, a beer in it, and blah blah blah. I mean, there's a lot of fun that could be had here. Well, well and you, you could, guys have a built-in advantage too, because you're gonna have your own barrels. Mm-hmm. Well, there there's barrels too that uh, you know I, I don't know that the, the market is the same as it is in my head but i feel like rum barrels are very hard to get a hold of anymore especially good rum barrels um mm-hmm. things like that you know, you know brandy barrels aren't as common as you know bourbon barrels and you guys have sure. this natural source of them <laughs> and uh it's uh i'm really looking forward to that <laughs> yeah jeff's over here he's got like, dollar signs in his eyes kids no nah, i got <laughs> i'm i'm salivating over the flavors the, 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 um, the, the flavors yeah that, down in Louisville, uh, uh, <coughs> Copper Copper and King, I don't know if you guys have um, heard of them. Oh I mean, yeah. they've done so many collaborations with breweries, bringing in uh, barrels that have had beers aged in them, and they put brandy into, and I think for us, we there's just so many possibilities. And yeah, there we really can collaborate is. with other uh, breweries and distilleries as well with our barrels, too. I mean, it's just limitless possibilities. That's that's factually correct well you know <laughs> i mean you you have all kinds of possibilities with the different breweries and and the distilleries popping up new holland is another one of those ones that kind of has played around with their barrels bouncing around you know they start with booze and then go to beer and then go back to booze and then get cigars aged in them and like it just keeps going around in these different uh, there's a lot of fun things that <laughs> and, and cigars could be a part of the flavor house yeah cigars are flavor too you guys should start making cigars too. <laughs> this is a perfect spot up here. You yeah. can have a little. Uh, I, I have a, they've got a pole barn. They can hang tobacco to dry. It's perfect. I have a buddy who really wants to do something with cigars. See, in our place, <laughs> we are. We're. we're should we? T- we're, we're working on a another cigar show. We've done one yeah. on on. Cincy Brewcast had a cigar show, and Drinking with we're, the Gnome is probably getting one soon too. Yeah, we're we're looking um, to do in one. Theory. probably next month ish. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Something so. so. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. The other show, fun. which is not dead, I'm just have not posted a show for the last <laughs> month. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I blame the two year old. Um, should we go the ahead and terrorist. get to the, the, the sour before? Before I explode? Yeah. Um, so this is a passion fruit guava sour. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> 
and it's going to be sour. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was right. Five for five. <laughs> I don't think that's over the top sour. I mean, probably on it, some kind of pH rating, it probably is, but the um, the, the guava kind of browns it out for me. And yes. Kinda, it, it, yeah, I get it a little bit in the back. The, the well, and it, it passion fruit can be kind of a very sour thing you got to be careful with, but I think the guava. I think passion fruit gentles gets, that can get bit. kind of funky to me more than uh, yeah. So sour. This is awesome. Yeah. Again, super refreshing and perfect for a, a patio. I think we're realizing we probably should have set up on the patio. <laughs> <laughs> um, but why? We've got such a nice breeze here. <laughs> well, it is cool. Right? So for it, it, all it of you that are cool watching on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So we, for the listeners, look behind me over my right shoulder. <laughs> but we can actually see the entire operation out of the conference room, which is really a cool visual. It's a cool visual. We're right up against what tanks up here. Is this your, the brew house? Yeah, the brew house, the mash mixer, the lotter ton, and then yeah. it all extends out from there. Yeah. We I guess we should talk about that a little bit too. We didn't talk about the size of the system. Yeah, it's 30 it, barrel. Oversized 30 barrel. The lotter ton is extra wide, so it can handle some pretty high gravity stuff. Is and that more for a distilling kind of thing, or is that more for... It kind of fell into our laps. Um, we <coughs> Where did this one come? You got this used, right? Yeah, from Kindred Ales up in uh, who, Gahanna. Who are now calling themselves like Kindred Bar, I think. Yeah, Something like that. I, think, I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Um, yeah, <laughs> to be determined. But, but this system uh, actually fits perfectly. We were looking at a 15-barrel system to begin with, and... And then when this kind of came on the market and it was oversized, that meant we could make 10% washes for, you know, bourbon and what whatever. What is a they, wash? Uh, it's a beer for all intents and purposes, but in the distilling language. It's just a not delicious beer? <laughs> is that the way they put it? <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, you could, it'll get you drunk. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> Definitely would I get mean, you it's drunk. not, but anyway, it might be an old world ale of are, sorts, you know. Is like there a, ever going to be some kind of... It's a brute wash. Is there ever going to be some kind of opportunity here where, as a drinker, you could come in and kind of taste some of those things in the process and kind of understand how it goes from point A to So we've, point we've talked about belly. making a beer and distilling that and then aging it, but then distilling it again. And then you can try the beer, the white spirit, and the aged spirit. I think you can, you know, tell the similarities between right. that. Because you, you can get tasting notes that will tell you the story of <laughs> that product through its through its process. Right. But, yeah, it's in the plans, but an aged spirit <laughs> takes time. time. <laughs> well, and... Especially when you're talking about something that is a beer, so that would be a, a whiskey in the end, so the aged spirit would probably be shooting for bourbon or something that does spend a little more time in a barrel. Yeah, we've made a, a single malt scotch. I think that would be fun to like do that as a beer. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. There's a lot of stuff happening here. There is. <laughs> I, had, I had one other question while we were talking about brand and everything, and, and that's your logo because it's very interesting. It, You know, I'm looking at it, and I see Eric's wearing a shirt for the people that are watching on, you know, with their ears. 
but I see like three or four different things that that could be. So, what is it to you guys? Uh, it's a it's a flame, okay. and then um, there's a piece on the flame that's kind of like symbolizes a right. little, like a new growth. Okay, because that yeah, that's like what I was kind of looking at. Like it could be this, and it and I kind of thought flame, but then you had that piece that was off to the side there a little bit. Yeah, this is supposed to be like a little leaf that's so, yeah. off the flame. There there are originally six partners, now seven. Um, and you can see the three or the six uh, yeah. kind of flame pieces coming off, and then the seventh little leaf. Um, well, he must have been the important one because he got his own piece. Who's <laughs> <laughs> the tiny little one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and the uh, John Pattison, one of our partners, uh, designed this. Yeah, image. cool. And there's there's actually six carakins as well. Um, when you look at the chemical or the molecular structure of of what it is so there's a lot of symbolism that just right. like tied back and and i love that kind of stuff that the design that there's thought that goes into it and multiple meanings and, and then like with the, the you know the you char aspect and yeah. aging and well, wood. I, I mean i think i saw a quote at one time it was like uh, field to fire or something like that was the way it was worded and I think that's just a, a brilliant way to put it because everything here kind of goes back to that fire kind of aspect even well, you know, from the kitchen to the brew house obviously yeah. well and when they talk about what a carrican is I could see that as being almost a phoenix yep in a way if you look at that logo so yeah, I'm thinking and you can kind of see a bird rebirth, coming right? out of there yeah. yeah so that's why I had to ask I, I just but I, I think it's a pretty cool logo so thanks you're welcome um Let's talk about the food a little bit before um, this show wraps up. Let's talk about so it's a rotating menu. It's always different kind of thing. Yeah, I think there's some staples that generally stay on there. The burger has been on there since the beginning, and it's pretty phenomenal. It's our number one seller. The fries have always been on there, but yeah, there's a lot of cool and interesting dishes that they use. You know, seasonally available ingredients and some of the freshest stuff that they can get and. A lot, of, a lot of small plates. Yep. Um, Shareable items. This is definitely one of those menus that you want to sit at, like, a, a big table with a bunch of your friends and just keep ordering a bunch of different things. <laughs> like, it's... Every time something comes out of the table next to you, you see, like, oh, my God, what is that? That looks delicious. <laughs> yeah, that was the point. <laughs> it's, and so far, everything that I've had here has been delicious. I, uh, um, I love this idea of not necessarily going to a place for dinner, sitting down, eating dinner, getting a drink, and then getting in your car and leaving. I like this idea of coming to a place to drink, and you sit down and order your drinks, and then, you know, what well, we should eat while we're drinking, and then making it this kind of evening thing instead of a necessarily a, a meal. Well, yeah, I mean, and with everything that's going on, it's your whole night out right here. Right. You don't have to hop around. Yeah, I think that with the food, we want it to be approachable but interesting, you know, have flavors to it. Um, that that was my Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not even a joke. <laughs> I don't have a Tinder profile. Come on, man. No, but you nailed it on the head. That was the whole point. You know, we wanted people to come and relax and, sh- and share good stories and spirits and food and hang out. Well, you, you see a lot of, um, especially in, in other cultures around drinking, it's always centered around drinking and eating at the same time. And I feel like in the United States, it's become this weird kind of yeah binge drinking thing. It's like you go to a bar and you just get these bottles of beer and you stand around and t- 
pour bottles of beer down your throat and like that's not what it's all supposed to be about in my opinion it's you know the the drink changes with the well, food then, and the, like it's just then you it. need to come around on the european glasses <laughs> if you're for the european <laughs> style meal you need to come around on the european glasses now i'm not coming around on the glasses <laughs> We'll let you bring your own glass. <laughs> bring your own glass night. Just you, though, not everybody. I'm sure we have a different glass here. We'll go grab you one. That's okay. Is. That's okay. I can drink out of anything, but... <laughs> I, have a, I have a rubber boot, you know, brewer's boot, if you want to... I'm not drinking out Ooh. of the boot. <laughs> and Tonight. I'm sure it's clean. <laughs> um, what, where does this go from here? Where, how, um, what are some of the things that you guys are... Um, Playing around with, um, no, I mean just kind of. What are the things that you want to experiment with that maybe you haven't yet that you're willing to talk about? <laughs> I think find some interesting fermentables that you can make spirits from. I mean, you know, there's your traditional stuff: agave and uh, rum, cane sugar, molasses, and your grains. But find some interesting things there, or or what we've already done with our shifu, our kind of uh, Chinese baijiu inspired spirit look around the world at what other people are doing and you know do a, a craft or Americanized or whatever you want to call it version of it um, and I, I think that's going to be a, a big part of what we do but the other big thing is the sparkling spirits that we are playing around with um, I think those are an opportunity for us to use interesting ingredients and combine our fun spirits and then all the while in the background, play around with our beer. Yeah, and we've been kind of playing around with some whole hops and liquor and kind of what the, the liquor extracts from the hops and vice versa. Yeah. That, we have, we have so many things in the works. Our our bar manager, Chris Brown, uh, he came from Metropole with our chef, Chris, uh, Jared Bennett. And Chris has been doing some pretty cool things, like helping come up with new flavors and doing some killer cocktails as well along with the bar staff our bar staff is really talented and do a lot of you, you've got cool one things. of my favorite co-workers down there right now so yeah megan yeah megan's yeah, awesome megan's awesome i love her <clears throat> so well it's i don't think you guys have scratched the surface yet with how these things can marry together into some really fun stuff with the beer side of things, the cocktail side of things, the food side of things, you're, you're just now just like, you've laid this groundwork and now as you get the opportunity to kind of dive into it, there's some really cool stuff that could go and, on here. And then did I see wine as well? Uh, wine's on the menu. We don't make that currently. Okay. I, was just, I was just checking that. I know I saw it. I mean, we talked about cider and, and everything. I think it would be fun to get into the wine world, but that is another leap. Yeah. And, Oh, it's a lot of work. Don't we have but our hands think full. about the barrel opportunities then? Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. See, like you said, I don't. I would agree with you. I mean, we're just getting our feet wet and scratching the surface, and and then all you know beyond the just the liquid side, there's the operating the business side, and you know all the other things that go with having a business. Yeah, yeah. I think we've been. A lot of people have come in and they've said, "Does anybody else do anything like this?" And I I don't know. I'd There's nothing quite like this that is happening, yeah. Especially in this area. Mar- March first doesn't March 1st have is the closest, but the kitchen, and it's a smaller, operation. smaller scale. Right. At least until um, Milford. Even then, gets it's going still not going to be thirty thousand. Probably. Big. It's it's yeah. gonna. 
There, there's no beer I mean, something it, like this. They're, yeah, they're doing a combination of the the distilling and the beer. Yep, yep, for sure. Um, Northern Row uh, will be interesting once Northern they Row. eventually get up and running. I assume they're still going to get up and running and open a tap room. Sure. Yeah. No, it's going to be it'll be um, fun as as more distilleries come online and we can kind of collaborate with more people and have fun. It's um it's a little uh, there's a side of me that's frustrated that Eight Ball and New Riff could never make something like this come to life. And um not that what New Riff is today is not a a, a great thing. I you know, New Riff is making Easily, I mean, I guess, I guess it is very easy that they're making the best bourbon in Cincinnati because they're the only bourbon in Cincinnati, <laughs> but um, the only bourbon from Cincinnati. Well, I guess you can't even say that. No, you can't say that. Um, depends on how you look at it. Yeah, I mean, they're they're making good bourbon. I'm not taking that away from. Them. I I have enjoyed what I've had from them. Definitely, but, definitely. Uh, I don't think they're the only ones, though. Well, I mean, technically, uh, and if you look at my map, the way I read stuff, MGP is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pretty much I mean, everybody is selling bourbon. Right. <laughs> that's kind of where I was. <laughs> but, you know, as far as places that are, yeah, that have their own, that has been released, that is their own. Um, yeah. yeah. And the way we look at it is everybody has their own philosophies and, you know, not everybody has the same end game or philosophy and. You know, we operate one way, and other people operate different ways, and that's that's totally fine. Yeah. yeah. Was there was there ever a thought to bring in um, a, an MGB product or something like that until your bourbon was ready? Never. I I like that. I not to take away from the people that have, nope. but um, I do like that. It it sticks to kind of um, what the uh, the philosophy of this place is. And, and and thus far, I'm thinking that's probably the right call. We yeah. all do it. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of fun because uh, I, 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 I somehow I like somehow show up at places when there's cool stuff going on, and I didn't know what was going on. But the the owner of uh, Brewdog just so happened to be in town a couple of Fridays ago, mm-hmm. and they were doing a tap takeover at a uh, Reinhouse, and like he showed up, <laughs> and he had all these you know crazy twenty one percent you know five nine barrel age whatever's you know, and it just you know that's that's what got my mind about just even the possibilities here is kind of just. The limitless, like you said, and then the, but the first thing he asked me was like, "Do you do you process all of your raw materials?" You know, so it was kind of cool to say, "Yeah, we do." <laughs> yeah, because um, that was the first thing he asked me, and then he wanted to know how much I had in my uh, liquor cabinet, and I said, "Not much, because I'm I, I'm poor. I just opened a distillery," <laughs> and uh, so you know, we had some fun with it. Yeah, he would be an interesting guy to have a couple drinks with, and uh, you had to, yeah. It was a fun time. <laughs> what? And go ahead. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are you a Liverpool guy? Oh, I'm not a. Soccer, oh, no. you said Reinhouse, so. I, no, I go there, you know, yeah. to have fun, and right. I mean, Jeff's a soccer I, fan. I play a lot of soccer, and in college, I chose Newcastle as my team. Unfortunately, um, I don't understand. They're Are they not he, doing good. I guess they've not that, done for. Done that's well like for. the. <laughs> The English football equivalent of the becoming don't, a Bengals don't fan. Say it. Don't say it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, why didn't you say the Browns? Here and there. Like, because they actually, they actually a, have hope this year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Newcastle had a pretty strong ending to the season. And they did some, well. some upside. Anyway. Yeah. I don't understand soccer at all. 
Well, Liverpool just won the big thing, so I was going to congratulate if he was a Liverpool fan and, you know, any Liverpool fans out there listening, I guess congratulations. But <laughs> <laughs> It looked painful for you. It was. <laughs> um, what do you guys want people to know about Carrick and that you think they don't know? Uh, where we are. <laughs> <laughs> that we're in a business in Cincinnati. <laughs> so if it's a day like today, just follow the delicious smell of cookies into Marymont because it was a cookie baking day. The elves were working hard and it was wonderful driving in. Um, it is on the other side of, or I guess, depending on which way you're going, it's on the west side of, of Fairfax. Marymont. We're in Fairfax. That's yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah. But the, yeah. The, Take, the, uh, luckily, we have the Frisch's Mainline Diner next right. to us, so yeah, we just that's our de facto default. You know. Yeah, where the Mainliner liner is... Turn away turn, from it. Turn down towards Kellogg's. Yeah, Kellogg, and again, one town, Kellogg, and then Kerrigan's on your right. Yeah. And if uh, the millennials don't know the main half liner, a mile, they maybe have to look that not up. even. <laughs> yeah, not even from from Columbia Parkway. So pretty much, no matter where you are, you, you got an easier way to get here. Coming down fifty, coming down fifty-two. If you go to Kerrigan's website, there's a really great big map that you can click on that'll yeah. just take you right there from your phone. Then you can park in the lot, not up the street like I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we plenty have of parking. Plenty of parking. Yeah, like I just pulled in the first place I saw parking and was like, "Oh, they must not be open yet." And then somebody's like, "No, they're down there." Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and also like I um, like to add too, we were doing some fun programming where we. Uh, we do a spirits dinner, so we do a paired, you know, five course meal with spirits. Oh, that's fun. And uh, you know, Chris Brown, our beverage manager, comes up with like new cocktails for it, and they kind of pair off the food. And then we're also having a cocktails class at the end of the month, right? Yeah, and then we're where you can learn how to make cocktails and the basics and all that kind of stuff. That's a really good class if anybody entertains at home. Yeah, yeah, and Chris is really good at at doing cocktails, simple cocktails, well, and teaching them well, and. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun to attend. And then we also have our, you mentioned the barrel-aged origin. Mm-hmm. We're launching that this Saturday. Um, pretty excited about it. It's pretty tasty, six months aged in Buffalo Trace barrels, and um, we've made some pretty killer cocktails with it. So That's fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> so and fun. Just, just for the time traveling, if you're listening live today, whatever, tomorrow, it's this Saturday. If you're listening on uh, Monday... Yeah. Swing and a miss, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully there's some leftover. Yeah. But follow them on social media. Absolutely. And um, I am sure that there will be plenty more events for you to, uh, to get in on. Um, thank you guys very much. Uh, if you are interested in the other sides of everything that's happening here, um, make sure you follow Drinking with the Gnome because we're going to talk about some other stuff on that show. Uh, sometime in either the future or the past, depending on when you're listening to <laughs> the time traveling of podcasts. Um, thank you guys very much. Again, yeah. follow Kerrigan on social it, media so that you can uh, yeah, for keep us. up with yeah, everything that they're, that they're doing and um, share the show. I think that's what you're supposed to do. Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft.